0: That's promo code doyou O U one zero for an extra $10 on the free Upside app. Get cash back for doing you with the free app from Upside. This week at Macy's, find Valentine's Day gifts for all your loves, like fragrance gift sets they'll adore.
1: go to the App Store and download the Anchor app for free or go to anchor.fm to check it out. This is Chris Davis with the Baltimore Orioles, and I'm listening to Section 336.
0: Hey, this is Big Bad Bud Norris, and you're listening to Section 336. Hey,
2: this is Kevin Gosman. You're listening to Section 336, Baltimore's Best Sports Talk.
0: Hey, this is Jay Gibbons. You're listening to Section 336, Baltimore's Best Sports Talk.
2: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Baltimore sports fans of all ages, welcome to Section 336, Next Generation of Baltimore Sports Talk. I'm your endearing, dealing host. As always, I'm
1: joined by the button-lover Josh Shurka. Hey, Matt. Happy New Year. As Happy New Year. We are recording this on uh, New Year's Eve. I'm sure many people yep. will be listening to it New Year's Day.
2: Sure. And it's just us two again. Bert is still... Uh, well, here. You want to welcome Bert? Here's in- Bert. Yeah, there's a a nice shot of Bert of the seat that should be occupied by Bert as he is uh, still living up in Florida. Yeah, I don't uh, know like he tends to do.
1: Oh, you know what? This is episode 300.
2: Congratulations to us. Episode 300.
1: 300. I did the math. It's around Labor Day that will be the really important episode for Section 336. Oh, yeah. What's that? Uh, World Series prep. No, it'll be episode 336. Once we oh, cross three hundred it means we get we're gonna have a three
2: thirty six. Yeah. Yeah. So, and we might consider just walking away at that point, drop I, I drop uh, the mic. A, little, a little retire little 336. Yeah.
1: I don't know. Do you wanna be uh do you want to retire like uh at three thirty six or retire at three thirty five like it never happened? Oh yeah. yeah. Kinda uh-huh.
2: like
1: kinda like uh Chubbs in the Ravens game yesterday. You see about you see the running back for the Browns? He hit a yeah. he hit a thousand yards on his season. And then he ran one more play against the Ravens and lost five yards. So his season ended with 996. Oh,
2: really? That's yeah. funny. I didn't know that.
1: Yeah, he, he crossed the line and then got sacked back.
2: Oh, that's funny. We we yeah, didn't watch. watch. I didn't get have had really a chance to talk to you about uh, Sunday's game because on the rare occasion, we actually didn't watch it together. Yeah. And we're going to take a lot of time this episode, too, to kind of, as it's the new year, we're going to kind of recap 2018 Look back at some of our kind of favorite and maybe least favorite moments of 2018. You see,
1: five thirty-eight made an announcement today about the Ravens.
2: I oh, I saw their announcement about about the the Orioles. Orioles,
1: About the Orioles, sorry.
2: Yes. Oh yeah, and we'll get to that absolutely Um, because that I think (laughs) encapsulates the
1: 2018 season. Totally does. Yes.
2: So, but 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 let's start before we kind of recap the Orioles. Let's let's talk about the Ravens here. Um, Your thoughts overall on that Browns game, and we are. AFC North champ- champions. Uh, it was it was glorious to both beat the Browns and kick out the Steelers. Yeah. All of that was fantastic. Lamar was good. We our defense was good. Our defense finally got to stop when it needed to. Uh, Josh, your thoughts on, on us taking down the Browns?
1: Uh, well, first thoughts. I just put up the whole the rep in the North logo. That's like the official uh, t shirts and everything. Did you right. see? Uh, do they? I guess they have versions also where you have rep in the South do they i mean do they is that it just seems a little racist like i thought you're not supposed to have like southern pride i guess you can't northern pride you can have but it seems a little weird to go around wearing shirts saying rep in the south Yeah, what is that there's something there's an
2: arrogance that comes with being the north where you can be proud to be of uh, from the north and you can rep north but all of a sudden you're supposed to be ashamed of the south well, i think cause that's outrageous
1: the, it's because the south wouldn't give up the confederate flags or whatever right all these years
2: yeah, but that, but but that's fine. But that, but that was a long time ago. Can can we no longer rep the South now because of something that happened a hundred years ago? Now I, I don't a couple know. years I, ago. I don't that, know. That
1: seems a little bit ridiculous to me. I you can rep the South, rep the North, rep the, rep the West, rep the East. I'm all about it. I, I just think it's funny. Yeah, I, I, but I I enjoy that type of uh, awkwardness.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: all right, but the game. Speaking of awkwardness, <laughs> let's talk about Lamar Jackson. Now the uh, yeah, the game. What's awkward about him? No, the game is. It was good. I mean, Lamar Jackson had some... It's Lamar. It was a Lamar Jackson game. He had some outstanding plays where he looks amazing. He had plays where he looks like a rookie. Uh, the defense had... The defense made some outstanding plays. Jimmy Smith played one of the best games he's ever played as a Raven. C.J. Mosley yes. had a great game. Um, but then the defense secondary let, like, so many passes by, they even let Brashard Perriman catch a couple balls. Yes. So... It's good and bad. Well,
2: I mean, it's it, you can talk about the bad, but I think there's very little bad to talk about because at the end of the day, you won the AFC North in a season that I think if Bert was here, he threw in the towel, what in week four or something. Uh, uh,
1: remember, at week nine, we were four and five, right. yeah. so we were on. I don't remember. I think here we were still in the midst of what's what are the Orioles going to do. And four and five is not fun to talk about, so we weren't dealing with it much. On the film study podcast, at four and five, the conversation was, John Harbaugh's out. Is it time to switch to Lamar? Not because he's great, but switch to Lamar because these games don't matter anymore. For
2: 2019, Uh,
1: yeah. yeah. So the fact, I, I keep telling people this, the fact of how this offense changed, the defense continued to get stronger, and there's a lot of credit that goes to Don Martindale, because this defense doesn't have any stars. Kind of average players. And it's all about the scheme that's making them great. But then on the offensive side, to shift the game plan so drastically with a Lamar-led offense, you've got to give props to not only John Harbaugh, but Marty Morton, which people hate to praise Marty. You've got to give him some praise on how he handled this.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think in in general... Sports fans like to crush coaches who do poorly and ignore coaches who do well, right? Like, I feel like for a coach, for a manager, right. whatever, they're either not being talked about or they're being talked about in a negative way. Very rarely do, do you give props to these coaches and this, um, right? This is nature be, the beast.
1: This year might be, we might look back at this year as the greatest coaching job John Harbaugh ever did. Oh, sure. Sure. Which oh, was uh, crazy a, a, when we were talking about firing him.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, it's, he has done a remarkable job of keeping control of the locker room, of making the transition to Lamar. And that's like a transition that could easily split a locker room, right? Well, look um, at – Because at, some people still wanted Joe. Well, Other people were all excited about Lamar, just like fans were. Right.
1: All right, well, and how but about – How about keeping that? the locker room and the players together through a completely – forget changing quarterbacks. You change your entire scheme. Antonio Brown did not play for the Steelers on Sunday because he got pissed off at practice on, like, Tuesday and refused to practice. Our wide receivers can't be happy that they're, that they're now not getting the ball thrown to them much and there's no deep balls, but they kept it together. And I know winning helps, but still, wide receivers are divas. And to be able to make the shift and go into an offensive production that is going to be tough to bring wide receivers to Baltimore if this is the type of offense you're going to run. To be able to keep your wide receivers happy and feel like they're still a part of the game is huge on John Harbaugh.
2: Yeah, and I don't know if the wide receivers were necessarily happy, but they certainly were. You're right. Antonio Brown, it was if we're still doing the Strawberry of the Week segment, he wins the Strawberry of the totally. Week segment for chucking a ball at Ben Rosberger and then just skipping all the practices. And then, from what I read, he showed up to the game, but then left at halftime. <laughs> right, and his teammates called his kind of his his reaction embarrassing, and they were embarrassed that he even showed up to the game after skipping a whole week of practice. And so you're right; like we haven't had, and that's in the Steelers. I mean, that's after they've had the Le'Veon Bell issue. Yeah. They've they've they had other issues, um, and and the Ravens have tended to avoid those issues, partly because. One thing that John Harbaugh does is he tends to avoid these really strong personalities. Yes. right. He tends to get those out, um, and partly because he's just he's good at managing people. He seems to be good at that at managing people um, and running and running this organization. But as far as the the team goes, I go back to what Bert uh, has said, and I'm just gonna since Bert's not here, I'm gonna just pretend and and throw things out that Bert would say. So bringing like right. a third person into the conversation. Uh, okay. Uh, we talked before with Bert about playing with house money and in some respects, this is one of the most fun seasons for fan, for the fans of the Ravens, because we're not, we weren't, the expectations were low. Um, we weren't supposed to get this far, certainly not with a rookie quarterback. And so it does feel like we're playing with house money. Um, and we would have been devastated and mad if we lost to, to, to the Browns and the Steelers got, 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 got in. But the fact that we made the playoffs and one at the AFC North, it feels like we're not supposed to be here. But at the same time, everyone's talking about, like, you don't want to play the Ravens right, right That's now, the thing, just is,
1: style of football. is we weren't supposed to be here. But then you look at the Ravens, and you look at everyone who's in the playoffs, and there's no team that scares you. It's like, oh, okay, the Ravens can keep up with any of these teams. The big giants in this, in this uh, division for the playoffs is the Chargers and the Chiefs. And we beat the Chargers, in San Diego, and we came within a fourth down stop to beat the Chiefs. Yeah, and if you want to look even at the NFC side, with the Saints being the clear
2: number one seed, um, and and we took them, but we were an extra point away from taking them to overtime. And that was with Joe, right?
1: Yeah, that was yeah, with yeah. yeah. So yeah, it's so like we can keep up with these guys.
2: Yeah, and I think like, and I, I was listening at at halftime of the Ravens game. I, I go on Facebook and check out Glenn Clark.
1: Glenn Clark. I I, I enjoy his, his halftime, half-time and his I normally his post game show I listen to on my walk home after Raven Games. Okay. Um, his
2: halftime's good. If you guys are looking for some some Raven stock at halftime, go to Facebook and look up Pressbox. It's way better
1: than whatever point. CBS is doing. It is.
2: Um I, I like to go on there, tune in for a minute, put some kind of controversial statement, then log off. That's usually my method. But but um but he said something about how you know, well, this is the, the second time the Chargers will see Lamar. So what does that mean? I, that, um, I think that's Lamar. a huge deal. Yeah, and I, I would argue that that continues with the Lamar doubting. And, he, and here's why. I yes. keep on hearing about this is not sustainable. Teams will catch on. Lamar will get hurt. All these things that for the reason this offense won't work. I agree. But every single week it works. Yes. And here we're going to play in San Diego again, and people are already saying – Oh well, you know they they saw Lamar before, because so they'll be able to stop him, fast linebackers. Whatever we've heard it every single week, but you and have Lamar to keep just keeps it. on. You're, why? Because, because why can't you say Lamar has answered every question up on this point? So we have faith that
1: Lamar's going to do it again. Because why, why?
2: Why do people still question Lamar? Because
1: there's still big red flags with Lamar. There's still flags with what if Lamar gets hurt. What if Lamar throws one of the ugly passes like he always throws? They're running a limited offense already because to help Lamar. There's negatives of Lamar. The, the health, fear that he doesn't slide. The, the passes, he bounced one to Willie Sneed, who was wide open on Sunday. The fumbles continue. Ten fumbles now for Lamar. Uh, so those are big red flags. Yes, Lamar's excited. Lamar's fast. Lamar can get through any hole. And and he showed that off on Sunday with his his speed, bus absolutely electric speed. Yeah. yeah, and that's the type of stuff that makes him electric. He is a playmaker, but there's things yeah. that scare you. As what happens if you take out his legs? What if he stops running and he's forced to pass the ball? We haven't seen that yet. What if the Ravens are down 14? We haven't seen that yet. Uh, so there's these. What if Lamar gets gets knocked out and you got to put Joe back in? there's questions and so you're gonna always have questions and when we're dealing with a offense that RG rg3 says there's nothing new about this offense that it's the same thing the Redskins did years ago with him except we're running a little bit more but when you see sure. an offense that you don't see that much and you're running and you're running a scheme that you didn't run in the first half of the year no matter how successful it is you're gonna keep having these questions until Lamar checks all the boxes. And Lamar has checked the boxes of a playmaker. He's checked the box of of a leader. He's checked the box running the ball. The question is, can he check the box for ball protection? Can he check the box for a uh, productive passer? You saw the Ravens finish the game out when they were up by two and had Lamar had the ball. They didn't try to pass the ball. They ran, 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 and eventually punted the ball. And that shows a sign of questioning him and ball security and ball uh, with passing, that he could make the play and not uh, throw it short and stop the clock or throw an interception. They were, the Ravens uh, coaching staff is playing it safe with Lamar, but, and I think as fans, we have to naturally do that also. I think you can play it safe and still enjoy the excitement and electric of Lamar. And I, and I don't think any of that is bashing Lamar. I know you like yeah. to twist it that I'm bashing are you done, Lamar. Are you, done, are you
2: done with the ba- bashing Lamar? No, Just say you want Joe of, to start in none the of, playoffs. None of,
1: that, none of that is to bash Lamar. That's but see, all-
2: Josh, but, but I don't buy all that stuff. I Honestly, I don't buy any of that stuff. Because well, what Lamar see, has done. We see
1: the good and the bad. There's both there. He's a rookie. Disagree.
2: Can, can, I, can I say why? Yeah. Be, be, because he, he, he went down to Kansas City, uh, won the best teams in the league, and he played well enough to win that game. The defense let it let, let let us down at the end. He beat the Chargers. Still not. He's not the complete quarterback. He can't he's not gonna throw for 300, 300 yards. But he still he plays well enough to win. He makes yes, the plays he does. Be, be made. And right now, where Lamar is as a quarterback right now, he can I feel like he can win against no matter who our opponent is. I feel like Lamar can go out there and make the plays he needs to play to win. Whether that's the defeat or whether that's with his arm. And so you can say these red flags, red flags. Of course, every quarterback, you're concerned about certain things, right? You're concerned about Joe not being able to move. You're concerned about Joe only throwing two-yard passes. I totally agree. Um, And so, yeah, you have concerns with Lamar, like you do for every single quarterback. But right now, Lamar has done every single thing asked of him. And so to still sit back and say, oh, I don't know if I trust Lamar in the situation, I think is ridiculous. I did
1: you – I'm – I'm saying that's how the Ravens coached it. The Ravens the Ravens Oh I agree. Uh, that that the last stupid option. Uh, yeah, third down. That was a that stupid that, option. That was class nine. Yeah, yeah, that was dumb. And so the coaching staff also the very, very limited play set. They're purposely not throwing anything outside the numbers, uh, in game plan. Now now he did have a really nice outside the number pass on Sunday, but that was totally improvised. So the, they're 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 being conservative with him, but at the same time saying it's it's on you. But they're I, but, but I, the play calling's conservative, and I think that's smart. The question is, what happens when you're down and you can't be conservative with the play calling anymore? He has yeah, not fallen behind I, I, in a game yet. That's a wait, big thing to our defense as well.
2: And our offense is designed not to get down big because the other team only has, what, three possessions in, in the yes. first half. So yes. even if they score every possession, it, it's hard for them to get a lead because they don't have the ball that much because our running game is so good. And Agreed. so it's partly the design of this offense totally. to not get behind. Yes. And so you don't have to worry about being down 21 nothing in the first half because the opponent's not going to get the ball enough and our defense is too good to let that happen. I so Lamar so. is kind of perfect for this type of team.
1: I, I, I get that. And it's working. I'm just saying you're always going, you're always going to have teams. those questions in the back of your head. And I know we're not supposed to say them, them, but you're going to have them. I don't have them. You don't ha- I don't okay. ha- I don't have those questions. You have no concerns. All right. You don't My my only my only
2: concern is is the fumbling. That's the only concern. But and- I, I have confidence in the ability to throw. I have confidence in the ability to make plays. Um the plays that that are needed. What about I don't, the what I don't, about I don't, the red
1: run. What about the red zone struggles?
2: I, that, that does not concern me.
1: I I think these legs give him a huge advantage in the red totally, zone. Totally and does. So I'm not, yeah, it does do. The legs do. I think there are uh, a few too many field goals that we should be getting. Well, uh, we should have gotten more uh, touchdowns. And you look at well, you look at the game yesterday okay. where sure, all right, you could have had another running touchdown by Lamar, but he fumbled it over the pile. You look at yes. another one that he got. And uh, there was a stupid holding penalty that got called, it yeah. got called. back. that was not. I didn't think that was holding. No, that wasn't a holding. So you look at games like that, and okay, yes, uh, Lamar could have gotten four running touchdowns. He got yes. two, which is still really exciting. So which I'm, is probably two more than Joe could have gotten again in there, right? So I had these, I had these concerns, but I'm not. It's not a. It's not a knock. He's a rookie. What the the uh, exciting part. And the good is far outweighing those those little concerns. So, okay. I so just, yeah, no, I I'm think... totally excited that the Ravens are going to the playoffs. Totally excited that Lamar is taking this team. Yeah. There, there's no there's no Lamar hatred. I'm just trying to be honest and put out there some concerns. I know. And that annoys me because of all he's
2: accomplished in the last half of the season that we still have to say, yeah, Lamar was great, but I still have these concerns. And I know you're not bashing him. You're just expressing his concerns. But that, but that still kind of annoys would, me. Would you because trade? He's, he's, you went to the box boxes checked. He literally has checked every single box. Um, right. I, I, and and so I think the the
1: the concerns are are sounding a little bit silly now. Except he's except I listed the three blocks, the three boxes that he hasn't he hasn't checked. Um, would you trade Lamar for? I, I don't for care Baker if he five times if he wins. All right, that's fine. But then that's not checking the ball control box off. Okay, fine, but but what box is more important? Winning or ball control? He's Which winning, box more important, he's winning. Huh? That's why we're here. Thank you. The whole reason Thank we're having you. this conversation is to praise him for winning. He's doing yeah. a great job, but yes. the defense is doing a really good job as well. There, and and
2: and they did something on Sunday that I was 100% sure they weren't going to do at the very end of the game, something stop. they haven't been able to do. They got the stop at the end of the game against a really good quarterback, and I, I'm actually pretty excited to watch Baker Mayfield versus Lamar Jackson for the next several years. That's going to be a great rivalry. Great. That's going to be a good game. The Steelers, Big Ben's getting old. They're going to fall back in, in the side here the next couple of years, but it's going to be fun to watch uh, the Browns and the Ravens go at it with Mayfield and Jackson. Yeah. That's yeah. going
1: to be fun. No, Baker's looking great. That's going to be a fun division. It, it's going to be weird in the future that the Browns are going to be like playoff contenders going into next season. It's, it they seems like it. They didn't win any but games it, last year.
2: I know. It's still the Browns, so I don't know if we can write their ticket into playoffs next, for next year yet. But but certainly they seem to have gotten their quarterback that they've, they've been looking for for the past, I don't yeah. know, Forever. thousand years. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. You see Marvin Lewis finally got fired? I did. Or or they probably just, about, they agreed probably to probably go about separate ways. Too, too late, really. yeah. Probably about five years and, too late. And I don't but. think it was a mutual agreement either.
2: Yeah. No, no, those things never
1: happen. There are eight I I want to make options, options, head coach options, open ends right now.
2: I I saw let's make a let's make a trade. You hear some people calling for trading John Harbaugh yeah. now on yeah. his contenders. Um, I would not do that. The I want to make one other comment about the Ravens game though. It was I I did not think I would take as much enjoyment as I did from watching another team lose, but doing the shots of the Steelers. Yes. When they were kind of celebrating during the game, during that last drive. And then.
1: <laughs> I, was, I was shocked that the, CBS went back to them.
2: The second the Ravens scored, um, uh, Dad's first comment was, Quick, turn back to the Steelers. Uh, the, yeah. the, the Steelers, I, was, Steelers I was shocked reaction. CBS
1: went back. Right uh, yeah, yeah. We, but, saw, we saw Juju Smith jumping up and down. But I consider
2: myself a pretty good person, but there's not, there's few things that I enjoy more than seeing dejected Steeler fans and players. I really, that added to the enjoyment yeah. of the win. The, the Steelers, to kick the Steelers out and to see all their fans still in the stadium go home unhappy, yeah, cause that, the, that
1: increased my happiness. The stadium was packed. When they showed the, the excitement and when it looked like the Browns were coming back, it totally took me back to uh, being in that situation with the Orioles yep, years yep. ago. Uh, so it totally took me back to there. And it was I was so thankful that we weren't going to, because you know, if the Ravens lost that game, the cameras were gonna go to Pittsburgh and stay there for fifteen minutes watching the crowd.
2: Oh yeah, not me. I would have the television off by then. But yeah, it's yep. it's true. It's true. Um, but now on Twitter, I get to see a bunch of different reactions from Steeler fans, which is great.
1: <laughs> yeah, yep. Uh, they're all blaming what uh, Bell and Brown for the for their season.
2: Well, I don't know if how much you mean Brown. I mean, they won the game. If they would have lost, that's true. they won. And the Ravens lost game, right. but they ended up winning even without Brown. Um, but yeah, that team looks like they have some issues that they're going to need to handle in the offseason. Yeah, uh, of those that, issues good. are tough. Yeah, it's good to see a dysfunctional Steelers team. Um, all right, I want to get to some Orioles talk, a, a kind of a year in review in Baltimore sports in general and then talk specifically about the Orioles. All right. So, uh, where are you starting with Baltimore sports? Well let's start in January of two thousand eighteen.
1: Oh, you going with the Baltimore Blast?
2: No, no, no I'm talking I'm talking Orioles here.
1: Oh, if Orioles. You wanna, if you, you want I in thought, the thought you were going local blast sports comments. Wasn't the didn't the Baltimore Blast win like the championship in January or something? Did they? I don't know. Maybe it was two years ago. I don't know. I don't know. I thought I thought you were going uh other things besides Orioles first. Thought you were gonna you mean, some we Blast, I mean we could talk about some we could UMBC, talk about
2: UMBC knocking off the Virginia Cavaliers, the They're only 16th right to ever knock off a one seed. We could go there. I don't know. And, I mean, that was just another highlight of the of the year. Yeah, I'd have that UMBC Twitter guy blow up. That was fun, right? But I want to get back to January 5th. I, I right. went back and looked at uh, the archives of Rakubako's blog to remind me of the beginning of the of January, Is, the beginning oh, of last season. I,
1: What's January 5th? Is that now? All right. January 5th. We're starting to get excited. We've got some pitching concerns. Yeah, here's my – I'd like to share my first quote. This might be my favorite quote of the
2: 2018 season. Yeah. Um, I'll read the quote, and you tell me who said, what Oriole player said this. All right, here's All the right. quote.
1: I like this game.
2: Quote, it's going to be easy. Quote, I think it's something that you always tweak and kind of monitor as you get older, as you learn more about yourself and what you need. But I'm absolutely very pleased – with the way this off season has gone and where I am at right now. I know I talked a lot at the, at the end of the season about some of the adjustments that I wanted to make and I really oh. feel like I could handle some of the things that I need to be more productive. And I feel like this has been a great off season. Really, we start, Who's not talking about we're, his awesome off season? We starting it with uh, Chris Davis? Yeah, those those were That's, Chris uh... Davis's comments. And he went on that this season after having those comments about what a great off season he had. To, to batting 168 which was the worst batting average in the literal history of baseball so how <laughs> great was that offseason chris davis there goes, now every there time they talk about talk. chris davis and how every time chris davis talks about a good offseason or a good workout i don't believe a word he says anymore friend of the show chris davis by the way
1: <laughs> Oh, you sting me with that because I so want to think that Chris Davis is focused so hard this off season and that he is going to work on this off season because it can't get any worse and that I want to believe that uh Elias is bringing in new graphs and, and and coaches and people who are going to work with Chris Davis's off season. But you just took all that wind out of my sail with the quote from last January.
2: Yeah. And so every time you read an article, cause there's already starting and there are going to be a lot more of these articles about Chris Davis being fixed and about them working to fix Chris Davis in the off season and the work Chris Davis is putting into the off season. I want you to remember this quote from beginning of last season, January 5th, where he said, it's been, a, <laughs> I'm very pleased with the way this off season has gone. I feel like this has been a great off season. That's what Chris Davis said. And he went on to have the worst year in the history of baseball. So there's that.
1: That's that's tough.
2: The next and we should have known at that point that things would were gonna go south. And if we didn't know then, we sure we certainly should have known on January twenty seventh that this season was not meant to be. Josh, do you know what happened on January twenty seventh? We signed Alex Cobb. No, that happened about two months later. All right. Uh oh FanFest. Yes, FanFest. Which is FanFest. Which is January
1: twenty sixth this year.
2: Yeah. Well, last year, if you recall, Manny Machado, Jonathan Scope were dealing with some arbitration contract issues, and both Manny Machado and Jonathan Scope did not show up for the fans at Fan Fest. They gave the they, they gave the metaphorical middle finger to the fans totally. and did not show up to Fan Fest. And we should have known there that things were going gonna go bad.
1: Yeah, um, we should have. One of them, they they made like. Uh, awkward <coughs> excuses about obligate other obligations or something. Well, yeah, they said Johnson Scope got some bad advice. Yeah, right. Yeah, the bad advice was Manny Machado telling him, "Hey, sit this out with me. Let's just yeah. go hang out on my boat down in Miami."
2: Yeah.
1: The next um
2: fun date. If we thought You're really if you didn't know. Down. Yeah, yeah, and as you go through these, yeah. all the signs were on the wall. That this is going to be a bad year if you were just paying attention. And we weren't paying attention enough, so we didn't see these signs. Um, by the way, on February first, yeah. February first, a month away from the season, or I guess two months from the season, um, our only starters at this point were Gossman and Bundy still. Right. So, but on February seventh, another sign things are going to go bad. Uh, we had a, one of our, our four, an, an Oriole, uh, a free agent Oriole, signed with the Phillies on February seventh to the. Oh, and uh, Oriole fans uh, everywhere cried. Ryan Flaherty. Yeah, Ryan Flaherty signed with the Phillies. And we should have known then that things were going down south.
1: Uh, Well, yeah, Flaherty did eventually go down south. You're right.
2: After going uh, further north. Yes. Um, February 21st. Now, this was a big day for the Orioles. Because on February 21st. We're um, winning the World Series. They signed two players. We had Uh, pitchers. Yeah. The one pitcher, uh, Chris Tillman and another and an outfielder Kobe rasmus so that was a big day february 21st orio fans starting to get excited we signed tillman and we signed we signed rasmus totally convinced myself tillman would bounce back yep neither of those deals worked out Kobe rasmus retired again
1: yeah um neither of those guys finished the season
2: yeah rasmus he retired but or to to put it correctly he quit is is the way to correctly say that yes and chris chris tillman was DFA'd and went to Texas. And I, I don't know if he's still, maybe still with Texas or he retired. I don't even know what Chris Tillman is doing. He's probably a face. free agent. Yeah, probably. Um, but in the meantime, they also signed Kashner. So that was a good signing. And then on March 2nd, uh, they finally signed um, Alex Cobb. And here is my favorite. Chris I was Chris up
1: is a free agent this year. Okay.
2: I was looking up um, kind of reactions to when Alex Cobb was signed. Because remember, we were all really excited. For we had a real pitcher for the first time. Yeah. And this is the weakest of our team. We said if we can get our start in pitching straight, we'll we have fine. a good bullpen, we have a good offense, so we just need to figure out starting pitching, yep. we'll be good. Division, here we come. Yeah. And so here's my favorite headline from the Washington Post. Dave Shennan, he, this is his headline. Quote, no tanking here. By signing Alex Cobb, Orioles make one last push to contend in the Machado era. Yep. And so, though this no tanking here um, was, we tanked worse than any team in right. baseball. But <laughs> let's be clear: in we, February, we, accidentally. we were not trying to tank. Yeah, we never, Mar- come we never second, tried to
1: tank. We accidentally we, got the worst. I, I
2: know. And we can mention it here that um, that five thirty-eight article. I guess it's a good time to mention yeah, it. Sure, um, it. Josh. What did that five thirty eight article say? Can you can you pull it up and read? There's like two paragraphs dedicated to the Orioles. Can, can you read at least the the last paragraph about the Orioles?
1: Sure. So um, I'm pulling it up. It's all about the uh, the best. Their article is the best and worst team in any sport for 2018. Oh yeah, it's just one paragraph. Just go ahead and read this paragraph. Well, the the best team is the uh, Boston Red Sox, which is yeah, and crazy so 538... for them to be in the same division as us.
2: Yeah, so 538 is the best and worst. They did this stupid algorithm to figure out the best and worst sports teams, not just baseball, but sports teams of 2018. The Red Sox were the best.
1: Yep, and the Orioles were the worst. They put in the sixth worst season in the MLB since 2000. Uh, Here's the article. If it wasn't already apparent that MLB was an unbridled tank best in 2018, The table below should underscore just how terrible the season's crop of bad MLB teams were, mostly by design. Yeah, but not the Orioles. The Orioles weren't tanking. Exactly. (laughs) Uh, None of this year's teams were worse than the 47 win. We won 47 games. Disgrace that played out the summer in Baltimore. Uh, Although my colleague Travis Solchik and I concluded that the O's could probably beat a bunch of minor leaguers, it wasn't totally (laughs) clear-cut. Yeah, And that's a ridiculous thing to be able to say about a major league ball club. The 2018 Orioles were nothing more than a soul-crushing exercise in total futility, and it earned them the honor of our worst team of 2018.
2: Yeah. So, congrats to the Orioles for being the worst team in sports in 2018. That
1: may be able to beat a minor league team. Yeah, maybe.
2: But I, I like how they said 47 wins. Because most people just say we lost 115 games. No, but for, they kind of put a positive
1: spin on it and say we won 47. I see, I, like I, I, think, I think 47 wins is more crushing than saying you lost 115 games. Oh, you think so? Oh, yeah, because 47 is like, wait, what? Like, we won a quarter of our games? Yeah. Well,
2: and then the season started with those high expectations. And the first game of the season went well. Adam Jones. Um, he homered. Always great. He homered off Fernando Rodney in the bottom of the eleventh, and the Orioles won three to two. And you're right, Josh. Uh, the Orioles are eight and zero, or were eight and zero under Buck Showalter. Yeah, on opening day. Yep. Yeah, so it's always fun on opening day. Yeah, so Richard Blower got the win, and it was a walk off home run by Adam Jones. So things things were going well. And then things went south, and they went south pretty bad. To the point where in July, let's fast forward to July, we blew things up. Right? So let's let's uh, recap yep. here. Gossman and Darren O'Day were traded to the Braves for Phillips, Evan Phillips, Gene Carlos and, Car- and uh, Brett C- Cumberland, and Bruce Zimmerman. Yes. Um, then Scope was traded. Or, or let's actually, I'm doing this in reverse order because that, that Scope and Gossman traded the deadline. Before that, Let's start at the beginning. Um, the first shoot a drop was July eighteenth. Um, this is, I have to say, this is the moment that the Orioles began to die officially. Though one could argue that they started to die a long time ago, I think the official death started on July eighteenth. This is when Manny Machado was traded for Diaz and a bunch of other guys, and this is also the moment I think July eighteenth is memorable because not only was Manny Machado traded, but that same day was Dan Duquette's famous speech. Where he said we're gonna make significant investments in this offseason in technology and analytics. He said yeah. we're gonna become more active in the international market. He said we're gonna invest in you know in the baseball operations aspects of this team. Um, and we're gonna this is gonna be a completely new direction for the franchise. So Dan Duquette gave that speech. Uh, and that, that turned out to be true, just not under Dan Duquette.
1: Yeah, I feel like Mike Elias should have just taken Dan's notes and read and read the same thing uh, six months later. Yeah, like this does seem like kind of a Michael Elias
2: type speech. Uh, and uh, and so it was clear July 18th, the Orioles, So people said, like, the Michael Elias, it's surprising that the Orioles made the right decision, but we knew on July 18th, at least they were saying the right things. They were saying, okay, we need to switch gears here big time.
1: Yeah, totally.
2: Um, and that also, like, there was a lot of emotion there because not only was Manny Machado traded, but we saw the separation. Of two BFFs who grew up together in the minor league system, then played baseball together, we saw Manny Machado and Jonathan Scope separated um, for the first time in their lives, and that was very uh, emotional to watch.
1: Poor Machado and Scope. Yep, minor, our minor leagues never got to do the Jonathan uh, Scope of ice cream promotion.
2: Yes, sadly, <laughs> sadly. Uh, so, what are the chances that Manny Machado now signs with the Twins to join his ba- his his boy Scope again? Probably not very good,
1: huh? Uh, I don't know. They uh, "Well, yeah, the Twins can't afford him. If he wanted to take a pay cut, I'm sure he would love there to go play with Scope and Cruz, in uh, my in Minnesota."
2: Oh yeah, Cruz is there now too. Yeah,
1: so I, I could uh, see Adam Jones trying to get over to Minnesota as well.
2: It's true. Yeah, I'd be curious to see where. Yeah, we'll have to get into that uh, another episode to see where the, some the, of these guys. Because the, still, we have Britain jones brock all these guys machado are still without a home yes we'll to, and coming episodes we'll have to get into some of the The guys and, who are out stuff. there and yeah yeah and who's, who's left Meanwhile, um yep. but we continue to blow up uh the team zach Britton, of course is traded for dylan tate josh rogers and cody carroll brad brock he, people forget about this one uh but brad brock was traded just for international signing bonus money yep like, that's it like yeah. he was a decent reliever that's all right and we got nothing back for him except for money that we're not going to use
1: no we're going to sign sign victor victor victor
2: oh yeah uh how's that working out for you well i'm just talking on the timeline when we're in july yeah exactly we're pumped all right who's available all right there's this awesome victor victor mesa we'll get him and then the victor victor mesa i didn't even think about that but this is that's good for the recap too but looking back we had no when it happened no and then everybody when when victor victor mesa signed with the marlins everyone's like oh yeah of course he's going to sign with miami it's right there it's his home the community it made total- why when he was when Brad Brock was traded for international bonus uh, slot money nobody what? was saying that we had no shot at them everyone said oh yeah Or's got the most money we'll, we'll sign him. well
1: you know what happened the Marlins the narrative changed the why? Marlins made a couple trades one big one with the Nationals to up their international money but we still had the most money and we still had the most money but they then had enough to go after Victor Victor but still you're right as soon as the showcase happened down in Miami we were all like oh He signed with the Marlins, yeah. And and it felt like the Orioles. Remember, the timing was the Orioles didn't even have a GM at the time, so we didn't even know how we'd sign a guy. We didn't know what was going on.
2: Yeah, we didn't know even who was there. Yeah. Um, hindsight is twenty twenty, but if you look back, kind of looking back on the year, you kind of realize these kind of markers and moments, and you're like, what were we thinking? Right.
1: Remember how we'd say we kept saying, well, let's wait, and we'll judge Duquette. After we spend the international money, after we get Victor Victor, then we, then we can judge Duquette on these trades. Now we got to right. look back and say, Hey, uh, we didn't get anything.
2: Yeah. I mean, at the time, and we said at the time it, it, to, to our credit, we said, okay, these deals seem to be okay, but for them to really be good trades, we need to use the international money. Yes. Um, and, and at the, to this point we haven't, and there's really no one left out there. Mm-hmm. Um, right. Though I guess we did use the international money to, to trade for that one Rule 5 guy Yeah, or whatever.
1: And I don't know how it works, if we can use that for anything else besides people. Like, can we use any of that international money for camps or whatever?
2: Yeah, I don't know. Like, or infrastructure that could remain right, there even after the Right, season. Or scout yeah, in. I'm, I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, also, in that uh, part of the July, when the Orioles began to die, scope, of course, was sent to the brewers for VR who VR seems to be a pretty good player. Yes. Um, that's, a, that's a deal that seems initial response is Oro's won that trade. Um, even though we don't know how Carmona and Luis Ortiz, the minor leaguers, will turn out, just like Scope for VR seems to be we won that one. I don't know.
1: Yeah, Um
2: sure. uh, And then the last one that I mentioned before was Gospin 2 and O'Day 2, the Braves. That's the one that wins um, the most yeah because because um, we keep on doing this, right Like we have these good arms that we everyone tells us this is going to be our future ace, whether it's Dylan Bundy or whether it's Kevin gossman or whether it's Jake getting going way back, and then they always turn out to not be very good um until we trade them off and then they're right then and
1: then pitched great then in Atlanta Atlanta is getting behind him and promoting him like he's their their future arm. Yeah, uh, two well and I think he was
2: only another year under arbitration, so we'll see how well that works out for them. Right. But 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 no one if 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 Gossman turns out to be a top rotation starter for the Braves this year, no and, and it does will not surprise a single person in Baltimore. Nope. Will not surprise a
1: single in person. Nope. We all know he has it has it. Yeah, and, the, and he pitched and well in spurts here for Baltimore too. In the in the AL East. And send him to yeah. the NL, he'll be great. Yeah, exactly.
2: So, um, Cy
1: Young next year, Gosman. Well, I don't know about Cy Young, but I <laughs> – Hey, if Jake Arietta did save, it, Kevin Galsman yeah. can do
2: it. Save that for your bold predictions. All right, I will. So that's all that. Then um, – Time now for bold predictions. Fast forward to September 30th. The season ends. Um, worst season, worst team in baseball, as we said. Yeah. 538, worst team in sports. We say goodbye to Adam Jones, which is kind of nice. Uh, we saw the emergence of Cedric Mullins, which is nice. And and that whole exchange between Mullins and Jones – was one highlight
1: in a season that had
2: very few highlights. Yeah,
1: way better than the Flacco-Lamar transition. <laughs> the, 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 the Jones handing off to Cedric way smoother. Though I don't think the Flacco-Lamar transition was bad. For, no, it wasn't. you think that Just, was bad? Uh, uh, I mean, Flacco got Wally pipped, and I think the way the fan base handles, handled it.
2: Yeah, but Flacco and and
1: Jackson seem to have a decent relationship together. They do, together. yes. Yeah, right, but anyway, yeah. So Cedric Mullins—that's a bright spot of last year.
2: Yeah, and the whole um, Adam Jones against innovation playing one inning in the last game at center field, then his moving to right field, um, which I think was really good in a couple respects. I think it 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 um, it took away some of the sting because I think with Bonner fans, including myself, there was a little bit of a sting that he refused to get traded. Right, like the Orioles clearly decided to move in a different direction. But he decided for himself that he wanted to stay in Baltimore. Yes. that did not sit particularly well with me. But how he handled or, the Cedric Mullins situation, yeah, certainly not doing the cut. But how he handled the Cedric Mullins situation, I think, washed away a lot of the a lot of my annoyance towards the whole refusing to be traded. And so I was really happy with his his willingness to go to right field and bringing Cedric Mullins along. I thought all of that was really nice. Agreed. Um, and so that's it for the Orioles season. Then, of course, we know Buck Watcher, Dan Duquette were fired, which were sad. Especially Buck Showwatcher was sad. But it was um, awkward because but-
1: they fired Buck. And then, like, news went out and all. And then was it the next day or later that day they fired Duque- They announced the Duquette fired him? Yeah, I think it was later that day. It was enough time that we all said, okay, Buck's out, Duquette survives. And then we're all like, yes. wait, never mind. Yes. I know it's been weird.
2: Again, like, hindsight's twenty twenty. But there was a time where we thought, okay, Buck Showalter,
1: he will survive. Yeah.
2: Yeah. For the most of the tenure, we thought Buck Showalter would be the one to survive. Even if not as the manager, like maybe he'll move to a different position, but he's too good to let go of. But in the end, he decided to let go of both of them. Yep. um, And bring Elias. Um, And Elias has done what he's, I think, tasked to do, which
1: is get rid of the old regime, get rid of all the old guys. He's definitely done that and and go in a new direction. Yeah. Um, and I think that's the right move. I'm very happy so far with what the Orioles have done. Yeah,
2: I he- I heard uh Stan the Fan. I don't know if you listen to his podcast, Josh, you should. The Bat Around. You're The Bat Around. Yeah, yeah you're a guest on there. I'm on it every couple months. Yeah. Um he had, I don't know if you're listening to this this weekend, but it's a good podcast called The Bat Around. You should check it out. But he had Mike Bordick on this weekend. Um and and you know cuz they They always ask Mike Bordick about, hey, what's Mike Bordick's interest in managing managing the Orioles? Yes, because his name was getting thrown out there. Oh, and he – because Mike Bordick was throwing it out there, just for the record. Uh, Okay. Like, I I listened to the podcast months ago where Mike Bordick said he would like to manage the Orioles. Okay, but Um, he
1: has no managing experience. But Mike Bordick said
2: uh, on this week's show, he said when Elias was hired, Mike Bordick emailed – Elias saying he was interested in the manager position, and Eli- I know, yeah, it is right. And Elias responded and said, "I appreciate your interest. We're going outside of the organization to fulfill these positions." And so he's very upfront with Mike Bordick, saying, "We're not looking for internal candidates. Yeah. We're going outside." Um, and that's what he's done. He's gone outside, and that's I think is the appropriate thing to do, right? Totally. If When you're labeled the worst team Ever. in 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 all sports, Ever. yes. Uh, for 2018, you probably need to make some significant changes. Yep. And so that—that's what's been happening starting November 19th, where the Angelos boys um, seem to be handing over control and power to Mike Elias um, and Sigma Dow.
1: Yep. Now he's ordering it up himself, but yes. Yeah, and so that's pretty much a recap. You
2: could throw in there, right? Hire so, Brandon Hyde and and uh, um,
1: some bench coaches in the past
2: week. Yeah, a couple of bench coaches with kind of Cubs connections. Yeah, um, So that's good. The, the other notable sports, just talking about sports in 2018. Of course, we can't talk about Baltimore Sports 2018 without talking about Ray Lewis, who entered the hall, of, who was inducted to the Hall of Fame. That's right. Who, I thought his speech was a little bit long, but I thought his speech was excellent. Some people hated his speech. Classic Ray Lewis, was, though. Yeah, it was classic right. Ray Lewis. It's exactly yeah, which what is why. expected. Yeah, which is why some people love it, some people hate it. I I I tend to love everything that Ray Lewis does. Other people tend to hate everything Ray Lewis does. Which is yeah, is. He is a controversial uh, person. Yes. Um. So, Josh, did I miss anything? Or anything you want to touch on? Looking back at the 2018 back year, at the
1: Orioles. Um. I I just think thinking back of the year, you know, it, it's it's hindsight, but I try to think about okay. How naive were we? Do you remember how the season started horrible and we kept saying, Oh, it's gonna get better. It's bad luck. We're having bad luck here. April's been tough. Uh May is is bad luck. Just wait until the wait until the bats warm up in June and the bats never warmed up. Like Wait, yeah. I mean if you think the, about it. It took until about June for us to accept that this team is bad. Well, and
2: I, I don't think we're insane for doing like I don't think that's a knock against us. If you think about it, what if the team had this? We had Zach Britton, Kevin Gossman, um Jonathan Scope, Manny Machado, all uh, Brad Brock, all these guys. That's five guys. I might have been missing someone. All these guys are, are guys that playoff teams coveted and wanted. So we had at least five guys in our team, yeah. not including the guys we kept and not including like, Adam Jones either, to include him. Like we had a ton of guys in our team. That other teams coveted and wanted. So I don't think it was for lack of talent. It was just one of those things where Nothing everything that could go wrong went wrong. Combined with everybody being on an expiring contract, or a lot of guys being on an expiring contract, all of this kind of added and, up to being just and the
1: Yankees and Red Sox.
2: Here. Yeah, yeah, the Yankees and Red Sox being
1: being epically good. So yeah, I'm and just, the Rays being really good too. That's true. I was just I was just sitting here uh, looking at my soundboard while you were going over, and I was looking at all the buttons that I've got to now delete off my soundboard now that we close wow. out 2018. Yeah, the show watcher buttons. Like this, don't need this anymore. Do you know who this was for? No, who's that for? I uh, believe this is Brad uh, Brock. Believe this is Brad Brock's entrance. So I got to delete that. I guess I got to delete this.
0: I think Joe Flacco is actually a very elite quarterback. He won a Super Bowl. He did it really to a certain extent with that great arm of his.
2: I mean, I'm gonna... I actually, Josh, uh, I would not delete that button yet.
1: Don't delete that one yet. All right. Don't delete that one quite yet. I got a gut feeling. Don't delete that one twice, right. quite yet. Well, this but... one's got to go. <laughs> but... Yeah. That that's gonna go. That I mean. yeah. Um, and, and, have you
2: gotten any any sound clips of Michael Elias laughing yet?
1: Not yet. This this one. But gotta, why,
0: why McDowell?
1: He's gone. I mean, uh, I got a whole bunch here. I, I think they gotta go. The, um, yeah. This one. Oh no, that button's not working. But uh, I'll, basically every Oriole clip that I've got in here. Actually, this yeah. guy's gotta go. Oh, it doesn't work. Good. This is Chris carousel. Davis with the Baltimore Orioles, and I'm listening to section three three six. That might be our one He's button. I can track, that one's going to be around for a while. That one will stick around. Um, we had to change our whole uh, intro because it talks about Buckshell Walter. So it's been a uh, a 2018 of change. I think I can finally delete this one. Oh, it doesn't work as well. Some of these buttons just magically stop working. So that it's uh. It's starting to disappear. Oh, can I, am I still allowed to play this one?
2: Good evening. Now, I know it's a hot night and you all want to get to the baseball. So as soon as I throw this sucker, grab a drink, enjoy the game. Best of luck to both teams. Oh scratch that. We're at Camden
1: Yards. Go Orioles! Can I check that or do I have to delete that?
2: That's just a guy who sounds a lot like Kevin Spacey but isn't
1: actually Kevin Spacey maybe if you want to go that argument. I could. But yeah, other than that, but I think you're going to have to – I could except then Kevin Spacey put out that really awkward – like it was never Frank Underwood. It was Kevin Spacey the whole time video. Yeah. So I feel like – I really that like that one. a lot.
2: I actually really like that a lot. Here's a guy who's accused <laughs> of doing shady things. Let me come out with the most shady possible YouTube clip. Um, yeah. while I plagiarize a name that doesn't belong to me, did I, I like that. That's a bold move, and I I totally you, approve that. Did move.
1: you see what he did yesterday, or no, like two days ago, <laughs> sometime this weekend?
2: No, but I'm sure I'm
1: going to enjoy all it. Right, so he's got a he's got a uh, a penthouse uh, in Baltimore. So and there's been rumors that that's where he's been hiding out because no one has seen him all year. Okay. So they uh, TMZ or one of the rags. Uh, had had station guys outside of his place. To like I love him. TMZ, full
2: of balls. Right. I love it exactly. Yeah.
1: To, I don't think it was TMZ, but it was someone like them to get a to get a picture of him, try to catch him. So he comes out, waves to the guy, walks down the street to Domino's, gets a Domino's pizza, comes and hands it to the guy, and uh, he's wearing a retired since nineteen ninety uh, since twenty seventeen hat. Hands it to the guy and says, here you go. I know you're only doing your job. Have a good holiday. And walks back in. I like that. I like that. I like that.
2: that. I don't like Kevin Spacey or his any of his misdeeds. Right. Right. He's super shady. But I, but we can still like these other things that he does. Okay. Well, all right. Even though uh, – because they're stupid. And I love – People who do stupid things then double down
1: with more stupid. Right. Like I, felt, I, I felt like the pizza delivery was a total like Frank Underwood move. Like here's some yeah. pizza. It may or may not be laced with poison.
2: Oh, yeah. And, and then let me push you in front of an oncoming uh, yeah. truck.
1: Yeah. Oh, look, here comes the light rail. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
2: But yeah, it's going to be 2019. It's going to be a lot of different faces, a lot of different things to talk about. A lot of different especially with the Orioles. Yeah. And even 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 Ravens, right? Like this is for both organizations, it's really kind of interesting, right? It's been a year of transitions. I think people have made the comparison because they both arrived at the same time and I think it's appropriate. And we all thought they were Adam leaving Jones. at the same
1: time. Oh, I thought I, you were mean, leaving Buck, at the time. I thought you were saying Buck and Adam. But okay. I thought you were going with Buck Adam and John. Jones. But you're going Adam and Joe.
2: Adam and Joe, yeah. Adam, which has been the face of the Orioles and Joe, which has been the face of the Ravens. Um, They're kind of exit coming at the same time. Their tenure, their reign being for the same approximate period 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 of time. Um, so I think this is going to be kind of a big year of change. And it feels like the Ravens. If you guys recall, the end of last year, the Ravens. It was like the wheels are falling off. We lost to the Bengals. John Harbaugh uh, was definitely on the hot seat. Yeah, uh, you know, he was called up by Steve Bisciotti. Start winning and make the playoffs, or you're gone. And now they have kind of you know they made the playoffs, and the Orioles, meanwhile, at the beginning of the, of the season, the Orioles were like, "Let's make one last ditch effort in the Manny Machado era." Yep. Era, mm-hmm. and the wheels just completely fell off. And so you have two organizations that seem to be going right now, kind of in the opposite direction. But the Orioles, I think next year, don't tell Brandon Hyde, but the Orioles will be tanking next year. He doesn't like to use the word tank, right? And he certainly he doesn't he even like a, to use the word rebuild. rebuild. Yeah. He says we're competing, Um, but I'm sorry, Brandon, you can say, you know, competing all the time, but you're going to be competing to the sound of about a hundred losses next year. So get used to it. Um, And the Ravens, hopefully with Lamar Jackson the next year um, will hopefully bring a good performance in the playoffs. And I think, I think we're really optimistic for what the future holds uh, for the Ravens and Lamar Jackson. Yeah. Well, the future for both the
1: Ravens and the Orioles is filled with young players. And it'll be interesting to see how it comes together. Yes. Is this Terrell Suggs last year or no? No, he's playing too good. He might even get an extension with the way he's been playing this year. Yeah. But have we seen the last Joe Flacco uh, pass as a Raven? As a Raven? uh, Yeah, yeah, I think so. Did you think they should have done any kind of tribute to Joe Flacco in the last game of the season? No, because they're home on this Sunday. Will they do any kind of tribute to Joe Flacco? I don't think so. I, you know when they do the tri- they do the tribute next year when they host uh, Denver or Tampa or one of, wherever Joe goes next time he's in town. That's when they tribute Joe Flacco, and then okay. they tribute Joe Flacco in ten years when they put him in the Ring of Honor. Yes. So no, um, the, if they tribute anyone, it needs to be Ozzie Newsom. That's the guy yes. that needs a tribute at one of these home at Sunday's home game if they didn't do it yet.
2: Right, Because Ozzie is a case where he's announced his retirement. He's re- re- right. retiring. Exactly. Joe has not announced anything. He's not retiring. Mm-hmm. And, in fact, he could still play in one of these games. So yes. it would be awkward to tribute him and then say goodbye and then have him play. Right. right.
1: Now, but, yeah, I think they should have what I don't get with Joe is we had no problem as an organization bringing, uh, bringing in Lamar for plays once in a while with Joe – I think there was one I think there was a that that uh whatever third and one uh touchdown drive where where uh Lamar what, tried to go over the pile again I've said many times about how Joe's been great on the QB sneaks I think that would have been a great time to bring Joe in and it's not yeah. a tribute but it's a hey you're still part of this team and helping us win
2: Yeah Lamar seems to be, he does the Lamar seems to be good with the third and fourth and short. Right. But he does it from the shotgun, right? They'll shotgun yes. it to him so and then he runs run to the right and left. Yeah, not,
1: yeah. He's not good at the QB sneak. And when right, Joe has little. been so outstanding, it seems like, hey, you've got this guy on your team. How, let him help out a little bit. Yeah. But isn't that kind
2: of – I think for Joe, A, that's probably a slap in the face. Here, you can go and sneak it for
1: one yard and then go sit back on the bench. Uh, but I don't, think, might be, I don't think it is. If you're a, I, a team player and convincing, hey, you're part of the team – but I, but it is question with when you're already handling with Lamar with a little bit of kid gloves and a little bit of carefulness, you, you really want to trust Lamar in that situation.
2: Yeah, and, and, and B for whole coat up, it just sounds dumb to say, I'm going to bring Joe in here for a short-yarded running situation, right? when that's right. kind
1: of Lamar's forte. No. I know, I know, but I'm just talking the straight, I, I the straight QB saying. sneak up the middle. Yeah. And you can't bring Joe in on like third
2: and 20 – for long passing downs because um, I, you just can't, right? Like, it's one thing to bring in a guy like Lamar to mix it up in the run game and what to have a... him run some plays. But it's weird and it's different, and I feel like it's more offensive yeah. to Lamar to bring someone in to throw the ball. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> it is, like it totally
1: line. is. It totally is to say, uh, yeah. But it's somehow like, it's not,
2: a, it's not a, a slap. It's less of a slap to Joe to say, hey, this guy's really fast. We're gonna bring him here just well, to run a couple of plays because he's really
1: fast. Well, because you never brought him in to throw the ball. Right. So I think I think if you're Joe, you weren't scared of Lamar because, oh, he's not throwing the ball. You never thought right. that that they would be able to win games without throwing the ball, you know? Right.
2: Yeah. Like Lamar his performance has been, and we we said it before, but you could you could focus on small, kind of minor things. And I, I don't wanna we're going no, full but circle he's here. He's a winner. But he, it's, he's played better than I think everyone could have anticipated, yes. especially in the small sample size we had of him as a quarterback. Coming in for Joe was not very pretty whenever he tried to throw the ball. Yep. So I think he's, he's performed better than I could have ever kind of imagined him playing yeah. as a rookie um, starting halfway through the season
1: All Right? Hey, uh, against really good teams. Hey, speaking of Lamar, do you, uh, do you know who this guy Kodak Black is? No. All right, me either but he's all over the yeah he's all over the locker room getting he's like some best friend of Lamar some rapper that he's get all the players are getting pictures with him and stuff after the game yesterday
2: oh like I should know who he is yeah he's, like he's apparently a I don't
1: know the Ravens have been saying hey even Kodak Black is here like we should be knowing who this guy is no I'm not up to date on my rappers he does have
2: 2.4 million followers i just looked him up on twitter while you were talking all
1: right so he has a little more a little more than you and i so yeah yeah, um, I don't know. So you
2: might want to check out his Twitter feed because he has uh, one of those tag tweets at the top. Yeah. It has some language, so I'm not going to read it, but it's a kind of ridiculous video, it looks like. So you might want to check out that video he has on the top of his Twitter. Okay.
1: Just don't search uh, him and in the news because I did that. And <laughs> he's got some shady stuff uh, he might be going to uh, prison soon for.
2: All right. Fine. I won't search his name as all. Well. I hope it, it doesn't get Lamar in trouble at all.
1: Uh, I hope not. I hope Lamar was not with him in 2016 when he raped someone. Oh,
2: really? <laughs> a little awkward. Oh, and he was in the locker room? Uh, this.
1: Uh... Yeah, yeah. look at the Ravens. The you look at the Ravens' Twitter and social media. They were, like, praising this guy. And oh, he, this is he's, a little awkward. He's about to go on trial for rape.
2: So, oh, wow. I didn't know that. Yeah, That's a little awkward.
1: Yeah, it's very awkward. I don't know who... Like, I feel like the Ravens PR needs to like start to kind of step back from this and say, so, uh, our mistake. We just listen to the guy's music.
2: Yeah, well, that's, this is more about Kodak Black than I've, I've ever known about Kodak Black to begin with. Yeah. Maybe I'll go download some of his music. Okay, okay.
1: I'm not going to do that. I was going to say, you're not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. No.
2: All right. Well, I think this wraps up uh, 2018 successful uh, podcast season
1: um a successful Raven season yeah thanks to everyone who listened in 2018 and for the past yeah. 300 episodes plus all the extra crap we've done
2: yeah special shout out to all you guys who just started listening in 2018 yeah. um all, all those who stopped listening in 2018 well stick it
1: well we know we know who you are we'll see you in March you, yeah, listen, you, listen, right. or, you listen to the Orioles when the Orioles season that's ends right. that's uh, right we know who you are yeah it's gonna be a different show uh in 2019, because for years we talked about the Orioles and winning. Like, the Orioles happened to start winning the same time we started the podcast. Yeah. And now we get but to go, some, go through a wee bit. But,
2: but in some ways, I think it's going to be better than last year, certainly, because last year our, yes. we were kind of crushed. <laughs> yes. This year we're mentally, emotionally prepared, and so we can kind of approach it in a different way, and I think a more positive mindset about, okay, this year about looking towards the future
1: right I, I, yeah exactly I think when we get to baseball season it's not going to be breaking down every score it's going to be looking more at how the players are developing it's yeah, going to be exciting maybe a little, hey, more, a little more attention the to the minors yeah yeah, yeah. exactly yeah. oh and speaking of the minors congratulations to Adam Pohl who is now a dad
2: that happened oh, right yeah, last so week oh yeah yeah congrats to Adam Pohl announcer for the Bowie Bay Sox and,
1: baseball game and friend of 336 of the show really? we gotta we got get him back on yeah
2: all right well uh three ers sixers shout out to all your coconuts we wish you a, a, a blessed 2019 yeah uh continue following three three six for another uh fun year of baltimore sports talk does bird come back in 2019 um i don't know if we want to bring him back well well we we, we shall see we shall see <laughs> TBD, as Thank you said. for listening to
0: the Section 336 podcast. Please go to iTunes and Facebook for all complaints or the occasional compliment. If I were you, I would not take any baseball advice from these guys. Josh and Matt were raised by an Orioles-obsessed father, and Bert, uh, well, Bert fell in love with Don Mattingly. He has a thing for mustaches. This week at Macy's, find Valentine's Day gifts for all your loves, like fragrance gift sets they'll adore.